Support for Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio is made possible by M&M Printing and the Observer News of Ruskin. Hello and welcome to Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts, information for and about veterans. For this podcast, host Bill Hodges talks with Dan Newfer, Assistant Deputy Director of Pensions and Fiduciary Services for the United States Veterans Administration. Director Newfer sheds some light on the types of spousal pensions that are available from the VA. He highlights the types of payment, both continuing and lump sum, that are available. Continue listening to discover how one qualifies and what criteria must be met to receive a check from the VA for a surviving spouse. Here now is Bill Hodges with Veterans Corner Radio on Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts. Welcome to Veterans Corner, a show dedicated to providing information to all those who have served our country's military and to their families. Now, here is your host, newspaper columnist, management trainer, and Air Force veteran, Bill Hodges. Hi, I am Bill Hodges, and this is Veterans Corner Radio. We've got a great guest with us today who's very knowledgeable, and it's Dan Newfer. He's the Assistant Director of Pensions and Fiduciary Services for the VA, and we want to talk here about the widow's benefits in particular, or widower's benefits. We've got a lot of female members of the military, so it'll go both ways. Dan, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Bill. Would you like to give us an overview of your department? Sure. Well, thanks for having me on. I work for Veterans Benefits Administration Pension and Fiduciary Service. I wanted to talk about some of the benefits that we uh, have to offer for survivors. So uh, there's kind of two classes of benefits for survivors. There's recurring payments, uh, which is like a monthly benefit, um, or there's a one-time payment. For recurring benefits, uh, we have something called survivor's pension, uh, which is a tax-free monetary benefit that is available to low-income, unremarried surviving spouses or children of a deceased veteran with wartime service. So just to talk a little bit about the the, the qualifications for that, the veteran must have had uh, at least one day of wartime service and the spouse must have been married to the veteran uh, for at least one year prior to death or had a child together. Dan, Um, can we clarify one, that wartime service? For instance, I was in from 59 to 63 and it was after Korea and before Vietnam, Cold War, I flew all over the world on B-52s loaded up with atomic weapons. Does that still count? So correct, the wartime service is uh, only certain dates. Okay. Um, so, so, the, so the dates, uh, you know, roughly, and these would be available on our, our website, va.gov, uh, they are prescribed by Congress, which which is you know which ter- determines what is a wartime service date um, or not. Uh, so there are certain dates um, that you have to have served during uh, to qualify for uh, the pension benefit. So there's that element of qualification, 
And then there's also, like I mentioned before, there's an income and net worth component. Um, it is a low income program. So the, the annual income limit for a surviving spouse without dependents is uh, currently $9,896. If the surviving spouse applies for an aid and attendance benefit, which I will talk about shortly here, the income limit rises up to above $15,800. And again, those are also income limits that are prescribed uh, by Congress. So the other benefit I, I wanted to talk about the other recurring monthly benefit is dependency and indemnity compensation. Uh, we also refer to it as DIC. And so that is uh, another tax-free monetary benefit that's available to an unremarried surviving spouse or unmarried children of a deceased veteran whose deaths occurred while on active duty, active or inactive duty for training, or who died from a service-connected injury or illness. Uh, so that is the main part of that. The veteran's death uh, had to have been service-connected, uh, and the spouse must have been married to the veteran for at least uh, one year prior to death, or they had a, a child uh, prior to death. Let me clarify again just something there. I, I'm 100% military disabled. I got hurt on a B-52 on flight, uh, but it wasn't during a wartime, but it was still service-connected. So does that negate the having to serve during a wartime period? Yes. Yeah, so that's, that's actually a great question. I want to draw a distinction between survivor's pension and DIC. Survivor pension, like I mentioned before, has that wartime requirement. DIC does not have a wartime requirement. In fact, if a veteran is 100% disabled for 10 years or more at the time of death, that is an automatic qualifier for DIC benefits for the surviving spouse. Now, does the veteran have to die from the disability? In the case where the veteran is 100% disabled uh, for 10 years, no. We are able to grant DIC under a different authority where if, if those conditions are met, and there are some other uh, exceptions as well, we're able to grant DIC administratively. Now, otherwise, yes, the, the veteran's death would have to be deemed related to service if it's, if it's at less than 100% disabling. I think that's an important thing for a lot of people to know. Uh, a lot of people feel that it has to be related directly to the military disability. But you bring up a very good point. If a time frame there moves, what, 10 years? Correct, it's, it's 10 years, 100% disabled. We can administratively uh, grant dependency and, and indemnity compensation or DIC benefits. Now, what was the, just to reiterate it, what was the income levels there where DIC can kick in? So that's, that's another great question, right? Because again, there's, there's these two benefits available, survivor's pension and DIC, and they're different, right? So, so for pension, there is that income limit that I mentioned earlier. For DIC, there is no income considerations. Oh. The, the only consideration is that you meet the dependency requirements, right? You're, un, you're unremarried. You were um, uh, married for at least a year prior to passing and that the veteran's death was, it, uh, can be deemed service-connected or um, it meets that 10-year requirement that I was just referring to. So again, these are, these are two different benefits that there's some similar criteria that, that you have to qualify for, 
but for DIC, there is for, uh, for survivors DIC, there is no income requirement like there is with pension. I know it's really difficult. Let's take in a 100% case. Uh, that's about, well, around $3,800 a month from the disability. And if the veteran dies, that's gone. And it's kind of nice to know that there may be some buffer there. Absolutely. And, and Bill, that actually brings up a, a great segue for me because there are some one-time benefits that I wanted to talk about as well. And you, you kind of just mentioned it right there. Uh, there is something called the month of death benefit. So upon the veteran's passing, uh, the surviving spouse is eligible to receive that final month of benefit uh, you know, from the compensation check or the, the previous benefit that was being paid, um, that can be issued to the surviving spouse. Um, in, in some instances where the surviving spouse is already established on the veteran's um, award, that can be issued to the surviving spouse automatically. So I did want to share that that is one of the one-time payments that, that could be available to a surviving spouse. One of the things that I'd like to clarify also is this is based on it, not income, not how much your house is worth or what you have in the bank. Is that correct? Correct. For DIC, there is no income or net worth limit. For a survivor's pension, there is the income limit I mentioned previously. There is also a net worth limit. Oh, okay. There is. So that does not include the house that you live in. Um, there are some, obviously, there's some very unique rules to how we count net worth. The, the, the net worth limit is currently about $138,000, but that does not include the house that you, that you reside in. Um, that would be other, other assets that are, that are calculated into that $138,000 limit. And again, that's, uh, that's kind of determined annually um, and is updated annually as well. So, but for DIC, the, the, uh, the DIC benefit, the service-connected death benefit that we've been talking about, there is no income limit. There's no net worth limit. Well, gee, that makes me feel a lot better. I'm thinking my wife is going to take a real hit if I die. She's got to keep me healthy for a while. Yes, sir. So uh, the other the other benefits I wanted to talk about, I do have a I do have a couple more. There's also something called uh, accrued benefits. So if a if a veteran files for a claim. Uh, or files a claim rather, and unfortunately passes away before that claim can be processed, the surviving spouse can essentially continue that claim after the veteran's passing and can uh, you know, submit the proper form and possibly get reimbursed um, or paid out the benefits that were due at the time of the veteran's death. And then the last, the, the last benefit I wanted to share, wanted to talk about is uh, called the burial benefit. Um, and this benefit is paid to the person who incurred expenses for the veteran's uh, burial, uh, the plot, or the, any transportation of the veteran's uh, remains after his or her death. Um, and so this is, again, it's another benefit that's available, not only to surviving spouses, but if there's somebody else who incurred those expenses, they can file a claim as well. You know, it, it's interesting for some reason, and maybe it's just because people look at it that way, people look at the VA as us and them. And everybody I have on the program talks from the VA saying, file. I just had Press Secretary Hayes on talking about Camp Lejeune and things of that nature. And 
you know, he reiterated over and over and over, if you think you have a problem, file for it. And I would say the same thing with a spouse. Would it be the same? Be sure something happens, file for it. Go to a VSO somewhere. Is that what they do? Absolutely. I, I would I would absolutely echo that. Uh, if if you feel uh, that you're entitled to benefits, you should you should file a claim, and I can you know I can share uh, the the forms that you would use to file such a claim, and you know I'll talk about that a little bit now. The um, the survivor pension and the uh, dependency indemnity compensation. If you would like to file a claim for that, you you use the VA form twenty one P dash five three four E Z. That's 21P-534EZ. That is the application for DIC, survivor's pension, and accrued benefits, actually. So that's an application for three benefits. Um, and so when you, when you do file, you know, you'll want to make sure that you have um, your information, the veteran's information, right? That includes your social security number, uh, VA file number, uh, the veteran's military uh, and discharge documents, your marital history for yourself and the veteran and the veteran's uh, death certificate. And, and it's very important with the death certificate, especially if you are filing for DIC, you need to ensure that the, the veteran's cause of death is listed on the death certificate because that will help VA in making that determination if the death is service connected. And then if there's any other medical evidence that you have um, in support of your claim, uh, showing that the veteran's death is service connected, you should submit that as well. We've got about two more minutes, uh, and I know there's so many more things. We'll have you back, I hope, if you're willing to. But what final things would you like to be able to share uh, that will help our widows or widowers make it a little better in that time of trouble? Sure. And Bill, I would, I would love to come back. It's been great talking with you and um, I have a lot of information to share. So um, I, I guess my, my final thoughts are two things. I did mention before that there's a higher income limit for survivor's pension if you're applying for aid and attendance as well. Um, aid and attendance is an additional allowance on top of pension or DIC that can increase the monthly benefit if you require the assistance of another person in conducting your activities of daily living. So I wanted to share that that's, that's an additional uh, benefit available. Um, you must qualify for pension or DIC to qualify for aid and attendance. It's not a standalone benefit. So I wanted to share that that is available as well. If you're interested in that program, it's the VA form 21-2680. Again? That's the VA form 21-2680. I hope those of you listening in the car are not trying to write this down while you're driving. Go to the podcast. You can do it over and over and over again till you get it right there. Yes, sir. And all, all of this information is on our website. That's www.va.gov. Again, that's va.gov, G-O-V. The VA forms can be accessed if you scroll to the bottom of the website. There's a link uh, to, to, to VA forms, and you can look up any of these numbers there, um, and that will take you to a great place to apply. And also, just a reminder, you have your, your local service officers that will be uh, happy to assist you in applying as well. Or you can call us at the VA at 
1-800-827-1000. Again, that's 1-800-827-1000. Dan Newfer, Assistant Director of Pensions and Fiduciary Services, thanks so much for giving us so much great information in such a short time. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, remember, you're unique, you're special, and you're great. Tell yourself so often because you are, you know. And we'll talk with you again very soon on Veterans Corner Radio. You've been listening to Veterans Corner with your host, Air Force veteran Bill Hodges. The views expressed on this program are those of Bill and his guests and are opinions based on the best available information. In matters of law or governmental regulation, it will always be best to check with the appropriate agency. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us for the next Veterans Corner. Before we go, here's a quick final thought. Why not take a minute to follow or mark Veterans Corner Radio podcasts as a favorite? It's easy, and you'll be among the first to be notified when new episodes of the podcast are released. And thanks for listening to Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts.